Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hannah, this is Kelty. We're upbringing. Hello. We're so happy to be here for our last uh, live Q and A uh, of the holiday season, and we'll take next week off, return at the end of the month, uh, and we're here. We're here to show up and grow up with you. Yeah. We're here to talk about discipline and the hard stuff and how it's the good stuff. Mm-hmm. We're here to find ways to practice uh, and believe in ultimately powers beyond control that can help build our child's skills and their self-awareness, help connect us in this really cool bondy way where they'll come to our house at Thanksgiving and (laughs) let us give a toast to their weddings and all those fun things. And that is also going to create some amazing social change in how they learn and move into the world, believing about power and how it needs to be sensitively used with other people. And that's why we focus on our discipline. Mm -hmm. I think a, a lot of us are at home right now, either in the sanity Try not to hit my mic in the sanity realm. God, how do I get from one moment to the next? Supporting my kids, getting through myself, um, getting get, getting things done, and then also, how can I be contributing to our culture, our, our society? We, we've got some some shit going on in the world right now. Yeah, that's a lot. The BLM movement is is so important this time right around. now. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, it's not this newfangled thing, right? Um, but we can be making change. Every moment our kids are having a tantrum, are saying saying no, are being like, screw you, mom, are saying, no, I won't eat that. I will not get in the bath. These are all vital moments that we can be changing our approach, that we can be interrupting these cycles of conditioning that say, control people below you. Don't consider your power and privilege that say, 
you, you are the ultimate and they need to respect you going up. Feedback goes down mm -hmm. the food chain, right? And we're trying to shatter that. We're trying to interrupt those cycles and say, we can be making these changes. We can be using powers beyond control. Sometimes <clears throat> once a day, five times a day, every other day, whatever it is, yeah. we can do this. We can do this. Someone wanted to join our live. Oh, great. Are we able to do that? Let's see. Let's see if they want to. Sometimes it is and doing the thing. Sometimes people are like, must talk now, want to share. That's cool too. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. That was what I was signing up for, but <laughs> I have a little toddler here. So he's having, he still has a bit of milk. And we've just, he's just coming out of the nap. But um, I just wanted to ask about tantrums. And because mm -hmm. he started having quite a lot of them. And, yeah, it's been quite stressful for me to kind of cope with. I stay really calm, but I'm just like, it's 40 minutes in sometimes. And I'm just like, wow, this seems quite long. Mm -hmm. So you've been experiencing these like 40 minute sometimes tantrums with your toddler and it's new and it's hard. We totally get that. Hang on. We're just talking to the ladies. Do you want to come see the ladies? Hello. Hello. Hi. So we're, we've just come out of sleep time, haven't we? And sort of winding down. But see, he has a nap every... Well, he was, we thought he was dropping his nap, but he's having a nap for two hours a day. But then I'm finding he's not going to sleep till, wanting to go to sleep till 10 o'clock at night. So I just thought, hey, these ladies might know <laughs> a bit more about how we, to do it. In terms of sleep stuff, we always want to recommend the happy sleeper. These two amazing gals um, on Instagram account. They also have a book called The Happy Sleeper, and they're an amazing resource for that. They're so great. But in terms of the big feeling stuff, we're always happy to talk about that, about the big feelings that arise in our kids when they when they start differentiating from us, when they start becoming individuals, when they start saying, I'm me, I want to do it. Mm -hmm. Not on your terms. I want to be myself. I want to experience the world on my terms. Mm -hmm. right? And when their brains express their stress mm -hmm. in a different way based on their older development. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just look like a crying baby anymore. <laughs> You know, it looks like a, a really intense meltdown with flailing arms and legs, and that's, that's very normal. And so what we always try to do is normalize it and say their their meltdowns are just their body expressing stress, right? When they can't adapt anymore, when their brain has... Sorry. When their brain's gone a little farther and, and needs to kind of bleh, melt down, express that energy, that's when they do it. And so... You know, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I think it's, it's sometimes it's just a sign to us. Hey, let's make sure that we're not putting too many demands on them. You know, let's make sure that we're giving them a safe place to express themselves, right? Let's make sure they're getting their their sensory systems, right? Their integration happening, so their bodies are moving. I think oftentimes the more sensory um, sensitive kids can tantrum for longer. I so think that's what's going on with him. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, I feel like he's Lama. quite, um, like, we, we did this tram ride. Like, I'm in Auckland, so they have a tram um, at this museum. And we went sorry. We, we probably have to go soon. But he um he had this, he just really didn't cope with the tram. And I was like, wow. I thought, like, all these other kids were, like, happy and smiling and excited. And he just, he started crying and <laughs> I just was like, this, maybe it is a sensory thing. Because, 
crap. the noise of the trams quite rickety. So, yeah, yeah I think you, you might be right. He does tend to, like, um, be funny about certain textures and food and things as well. So, sure. Yeah, I think so I think, yeah it just it, it, it asks us to be meeting our kids where they are when we can. And instead of thinking, is this normal or is this average, I'm just going to see to their needs in the moment if I need. We're not always able. But if we can try to think, this is normal for them, and I'm just going to get in there and dive into the needs. What's he needing right now? What, what, how can I help you? If he's climbing on things or if he's squishing things, that's what his body's seeking out, right? So, so you want to get those to him before, right? Or if he's melting down, he's in sensory overload. Right, yeah. so oftentimes yes. they're in overload and they need to be calmed down. So lots of having a quiet space, having pressure, having things that, that bring them down, the sensory uh, kind of input, right? Uh, there's a great book and we'll, we'll put it in our comments down below, a sensory book I've been reading lately that's really great because it kind of so it has a checklist and a bunch of things that are really helpful. I think it's like your sensory child diet. I'll, I'll pull it up. Look at just sit here. Do you want to look at the tomatoes? He's an interesting character. He's really into fruits and vegetables. He doesn't eat them, but he likes to play with them. <laughs> so Aww. he's quite a character. I don't eat either, but yeah, it, that would be really helpful because I think he is just quite influenced by sensory things. Like I think that's like something for him that's quite important. So that mm. would be really great. But I did. I've only just started following you guys and. I just really like the way that you turn some of the really negative ideas that people have implanted in us and make it into more of a softer, positive outlook. So I really like that aspect of what you guys are doing. It's, it's sort of new. I'm trying to touch in when I can, but, it, you know, as a parent, you don't always have time to do that. But, yeah, the tantrums, my family, they don't – we didn't really have tantrums. And, and – um, I think if you didn't have them and your parents and everyone else didn't see them, they start thinking there's something wrong with your kid. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of going through that at the moment and they're like, what? What's wrong for you? You better take him to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, he's a different personality. And, mm-hmm. that, you know, it doesn't mean that there's necessarily something wrong. But, of course, then you start to think, oh, is there something wrong? Because he is, you know, they're going for 40 minutes. But, I mean, I'm trying to do the – Calm, keep calm. Don't don't shout back or anything like that. But um, mm-hmm. I think you're right. He's overtired a lot. So that if if I could get sorry, I've got a memory of a sieve at the moment because my sleep's not great. So if I could get that. So you said it was this. There was a sleep a sleep person that you recommend. Yeah, the happy sleeper. Happy sleeper. Yes, I'll check that out. But yes, that sensory mm-hmm. book would be great. I'm sure there's. Other, I think I should go because I'm sure there's other people who would have so many questions for you but um it was lovely to talk to you guys um yeah keep keep normalizing all his feelings and and telling those caregivers yeah he's different everyone's different he has a different temperament he has a different nervous system every child is different and has unique needs and my job is to meet those needs when i can have you guys met many people who have two parents who are anxious or have anxiety disorder Hmm. I don't know about disorder. Yeah, I'm not sure if, if they had an actual diagnosis, but I think uh, we've dealt with a lot of folks who have anxiety or who have depression. And, and you know, I mean, we're not um, mental health care providers. Yeah, we're not. But um, but all we can say is is, is the, the nurture part, right, is what we have control over, 
right? Yes. Taking care of our needs and then trying to take care of their needs in a way that helps our attachment and build their skills. Yeah, so I think that's important for us to... Oh, you've taken the stick off. Sorry. And I think it's important for us to um, remember you're right. If you're in a good space, you handle these things a lot better. Like if you're sort of getting enough self-care time and things is, is what you mean as well, isn't it? Because if they're having a or like completely stressed, how you receive that is not going to always be the best mm-hmm. way, is it? You're going to probably not be coping as well. Whereas if you've taken time for yourself when you've needed it, um, then you're going to be like, well, hey, that's something, what's going on for me? You're going to have time to actually question what is happening for him. I think for him, I feel like these transitions are quite an issue for him. Um, and I don't know if you've covered that much, but I think that maybe is just a part of life. But I think being anxious myself, I'm thinking that perhaps he will be more of a warrior when it comes to changing oh, we're going to go move from this activity to the next. But then I also read that that's quite common for toddlers. Have you noticed that, that they tend to find that? Yeah, I think anyone under stress and anyone going through certain developmental milestones uh, feels a little bit more stressed during transitions. And and toddlers who are stepping into their own are more likely to push back against what's next. What, What? Tell me what's next. Why do I have to go to what's next? Right. And I think that it asks us in some ways to consider our agenda. Are we giving them enough information? Are we giving them a little agency? Are we connecting about the thing before it happens? Are we telling them, okay, so in like half an hour, this thing's happening. Remember? Okay. And then, hey, I'm going to help you and try to scaffold your skill building through this transition and invest a little bit of time for a few days so we can nail this. Right. And then forgive when they're struggling with it. Do you recommend going like, I, I had read that you, you give them like, okay, well, we're going to do five more like car, like he was doing the car ramp, so five more cars down the ramp and then we're going to move on. I got, I read that apparently num, like saying a number is better for their age rather than like doing a big long explanation. Yeah, yeah, or like five more minutes for that age. They're like, what's five minutes? Five cars down, they can understand that. But I think the way that we explain that saying, what do you think? Do you want to do five more? Can you separate five out? You make that pile of five, I'm going to put the rest in the bin. So trying to make it kind of a, a collective feeling of like, we're on the same team, we're making this plan together as opposed to, okay, five more. This is all you get. Mm-hmm. And they're feeling this sense of lack. Am I being restricted? Am I being stripped of my yeah, freedom okay. here? <laughs> I did right? that. I'm, so that's really helpful. So you're saying like, I think I need to slow it down. Like I was in a rush to get him out because I knew he was going to have a tantrum. And I was like, oh my God, five more, five more. Like, and I wasn't like, oh, let's choose five more. And like really processing slowly with him. I was like being really demanding of that. So that's a really good point. Thank you. But yeah, and I think that, that that happens, the more those tantrums happen and that resistance happens based on age or based on stress or based on temperament or whatever it is, the more we can choose to continue to push in our own rushed way or just moving forward the way that we know how or to try to be more sensitive to that. And I think a lot of us feel like, oh, that's being so permissive. Why do I have to give so many mm-hmm. quote unquote warnings or requests or whatever it is? It's because we don't want to endure a 40 minute tantrum from it. So it's worth that investment to say, I'm going to invest two minutes of connective um, time with my kid to be like, what are you working on? Oh my gosh. Okay. You choose five. I'm going to put the rest away. What are we going to do after? 
And if we can ju just even say those words, they're so much more likely to buy in and say, thank you. That sounds good. I'm not being controlled right now or pushed into something that I didn't agree to. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And the more they're going to have a positive association, not just in that moment, but around transitions in general. So you're building a trust in following mom in transition, right? You're building a, a communication strategy, innovation, creativity. Yeah. Transition, transition can mean we're just wrapping this thing up on our own terms, not transition means mom wants me to stop doing something I want to do to do something she wants to do. I see there's quite a different, like I really need to work on that. <laughs> it's quite a yeah, we all do. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all practice. So keep testing it out. Yeah, I will. Thanks ladies. I'm going to go now and let you. Um, Thank answer you. Thank all you. Right. Thanks for coming. Have a good Christmas. You too. I think I can do it. Uh, I have no idea. I've got an X. I see oh, okay. <laughs> Bye, Juniper. Oh, that was nice. That was fun. I like seeing little faces on there. Mm -hmm. If we're not kind of taking over their time, especially. <laughs> What's going on with everyone else? What's happening, everybody? We showed up a little bit late tonight. We were doing a podcast interview with some ladies, Alicia and Alicia, sorry, and Sarah from Hitting the Bottle podcast, a new podcast really that we, we really like. We love, love this fast talking, straight talking ladies uh, about birth, about life, about motherhood. Mm -hmm. So we're supporting their podcast and we'll be on them soon. Uh, on their podcast soon rather uh, and we just had so much fun talking we just kept going and then we were like oh holy shit live so we're here we want to connect with you about the hard stuff what's going on with discipline what's going on with challenging behaviors big feelings yeah. it's going to be a shorter session tonight yeah. a little bit but hello everyone we've got uh someone says good evening i have a two and a half year old that has been hitting and kicking our dogs we've respected uh, to take her favorite <clears throat> toys away to stop the behavior. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Oh man. Talk about triggering. You're like, you are my second or third baby. <laughs> my first two babies are my fur babies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Pain wow. And, and they're getting so little love now compared to you the last two and a half years. And now yeah. you are hitting them. But that is, that's an insult to that's the thing of like, we usually will feel guilt about the animals and cats, yeah. dogs, whatever we're not taking care of. And then when our kids actually like are kicking them and hurting them, it's like insult to injury. Right. I just said that. Oh, you listening to me. Not really. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's tricky. I think that we have to remember two and a half year old, two and a half year old, two and a half year old brain, right? Mm -hmm. Impulses, not so much yet. Have not built the impulses yet. Cannot help those impulses, right? Has a feeling, doesn't know that feeling. Hasn't identified said feeling. Can't communicate said feeling. Can't manage and self-regulate that feeling. Mm -hmm. Two and a half year olds, they're really tricky because they start, oh, I'm gonna do it myself. I'm gonna dress myself. They're saying words. Mm -hmm. They're they're looking so cute and like a jean jacket. They look like adults practically, right? Yeah. But they're then like, you're you're you've got it going yeah. on. And then we're like, why would you do that? Right. Why would you kick Buster? Old oh, little Buster is just lying. You need there. to why? learn not to do that. I need to teach you that that's not okay. Yeah. Right. It's so hard. We talk about this often. Actually, in a lot of lives recently, we've talked about it, mm -hmm. about 
toddlers or um, even outside toddlerville, like three, four, five, six, mm -hmm. even hitting younger siblings, younger babies. They just walk by, they seem to cavalierly just kick the baby in the face. And they'll walk over and just like hit it in the head. Oh my gosh, it's it's so hard. Whether it's a baby, whether it's a dog, whether it's a cat, whether it's us, whether it's an a older sibling, sibling, a plant. Whatever. I love my plants. You love your plants. And when one of your kids walks over and grabs a handful of the dirt and throws it, it's like the same as hitting a sibling or mm -hmm. something to you. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that we would respond in the same way in all of those situations, which is trying to not add heat to it, first of all, to not focus just on the behavior, which is we don't hit. We don't want to hurt. Look at your baby sibling. They're crying. Look at the dog. He's sad. Look, we, impact. hitting is bad. All of those things. Behavior right? and impact is what we focus on all the time. What they did and who suffered and why that's so bad. Yeah, it's so well, natural for what us. What part are we missing out on though? What What is the, the root cause of that? It's the need, right? And kids and people in general do really shitty stuff because they don't know their needs and they mm -hmm. don't know how to get them met. Oftentimes people do shitty things who know what the behavior is and that it's not okay. And they even know the impact of that behavior. And like, that's terrible. I would like to say that most toddlers know that they probably shouldn't hit the baby sibling or kick the dog. They already know it, already right? Know. So let's just skip past that and let's get to the root cause. Let's cut right. to the chase, which is what's going on inside them. And that's where the skill building happens. That's where the awareness building happens to, to, to manage that impulse and to build those skills. Yeah. So that's also where that little voice on our shoulder says, this is so permissive. Why would you talk about their needs? They're the aggressor here. They need to know this is not okay. We have to show them and teach them that this is bad. And all the research points to creating that self-awareness. So here's what we do. We try to prepare them for success, set them up for success, move the baby out of the way. We see them hitting the dog or kicking the dog more recently. We're going to be a little more sensitive to that. So we're going to make sure the dog's over on the bed. We're going to see if the toddler starts walking towards it. We're going to skip over that a little bit, get close just in case, right? Check. If we're able to intervene, great. Mm -hmm. I see you moving towards the doggy. Are you curious what's happening with him? He looks so sleepy. And we're like, I'm staving this off right I'm now. Ready. I'm, I'm ready, ready to support them, right? right? Maybe they're already there and they've got the hand raised and they're about to like hammer onto the dog or the baby. I'm going to stop your hand, right? I'm going to stop your hand. How oh, you doing? You're wanting they want to hit him. Can't What's let you going hit the on? Dog. So we're going to validate the impulse. Mm -hmm. You needing to hit your body and brain saying must hit. A behaviorist model might say, we got to reroute that. We want to shut that down. Impulses are bad, right? Conscious parenting, respectful parenting research says we're going to honor that impulse. You want to do that, but we're going to reroute it and we're going to hold the limit and try to stop it. Right. But we're going to be warm and loving about it so that our kids don't experience shame mm -hmm. for being human or more stress, which per, like kind of perpetuates the cycle, get right? into like a vicious cycle. The whole reason it. kids hit animals is because they feel stressed out. Yeah. The whole reason kids hit us or throw stuff is because their brains are feeling overwhelmed yeah. and they can't control their impulses. So everything we do to support our kids in these moments is to calm their nervous systems, mm -hmm. is to stop their impulses and inhibit those things and reroute them into self-awareness. So we stop the hand. I'm sorry, I can't let you hit, right? You want to hit right now? Are you having some feelings? What's going on? I'm here to listen. I'm here to support you. Okay, you're still wanting to hit. Let's find some pillows over here. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to hit, you know, Deirdre, the dog. I can't mm -hmm. let you do that. I'm not, 
I, as the responsible parent, I'm going to set Deirdre in a place that's safe, right? As opposed to uh, depend or expect my child who has a prefrontal cortex that's very, very partially built to have the impulse control to not do that. That's something we hear a lot from people saying, I have babies out crawling or wiggling on the floor and the kid keeps walking over and I say, don't go over there or gentle hands, don't hit them. And we talk about toddler testing so often. And, and this is actually toddler testing. We are testing our toddlers in a way that is unnatural and um, unfair to them, mm-hmm. right? And, and what we really need to be saying instead of don't go over there, gentle hands only, whatever the thing is, is I'm going to help you. seems like you're struggling. seems like you want to hit. Let's find you a place to hit, mm-hmm. right? Not you are, this thing is wrong, therefore you are wrong, <clears throat> but... I'm going to reroute that impulse to something productive. I'm going to check in with what your needs are. Are you hungry? Do you need a cuddle? What's happening? The only way a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old is going to be able to communicate their needs isn't through control and shame and punishments. It's through connection and awareness building and communication, right? We want our two-year-old to ultimately come to us and say, Mama, I'm so mad about not having um, Grandma over for dinner. I'm so angry. And that's because she has the awareness and we've built the skills around the words and the experience rather mm-hmm. than say her saying, you know, hitting an animal and saying, you can't do that. Like, do you notice how superficial that is? We're talking about these superficial behaviors compared to saying, what's that root cause? Mm-hmm. Let's get to that. That's where the skills Let's get lie. in there, build skills and connections. Someone right. says, feeling burnt out and establishing new routines for my winter is kicking my butt, needing some help remembering that to shift from reactive to resist. Let's talk about the resist approach for a minute. We've got it right here. It's six steps that we use to remind us to engage in thoughtful, respectful conversation with our kids when they challenge us, not when they're being assholes, when they challenge us, when they're challenged and then challenging us. Yeah. It's like two steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we can download it on our website. We try to use that instead of the control approach, which is consequences on my terms. Now threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame. I'm adding and time spanking. <laughs> yeah. Tantrums or mm-hmm. tantrums. Um, that's what they do. Timeouts. Yeah. Timeouts. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that's our kind of like culturally conditioned toolbox is to use those things. And instead we're trying to, like you just said, not react, not instinctually react, but to be thoughtful, intentional when we're able, we can't do this all the time. And right? I, I would say too, that when we're tapped out, when we're fried, Trying harder isn't really an option. Mm -hmm. Trying harder to like, oh, respect our kids more. That's just like one more thing on our fucking to-do list. Mm -hmm. And what I'm struggling to meet my kids where they are, to show up adaptively as a responsible adult who has a bigger brain and more skills, that's when uh, I have to realize that that's a sign to me that I am not getting my needs met and that I need to be taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And asking my kid to take care of me and to meet my needs is the last thing that we should be doing. And I also want to say that there are times when this person just said, how can I not react, but do the resist approach instead? Sometimes the resist approach feels like too much. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, self-care is amazing, Hannah, yeah. but sometimes we don't have to do the resist approach if we can't do it well, if we can't do it in an engaged way, yeah. if we can't be empathetic, if we can't be innovative without having a tone, without having a shamey, judgy thing, running the resist approach through shame doesn't work. So what would we do instead? If we're feeling tapped out, we take a personal time. Mm-hmm. We go to the other room and be like, I- I'm so sorry. I'm struggling to support you. I'll be right back. I love you. If you can manage that, great. If you can manage that without like a scowly face. I'm not frustrated, frustrated at you. I'm frustrated at this situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm struggling. Yeah. 
right? And then sometimes we would also, what? We would not, we just downshift. This is what I do when I'm like, I can't support my kids. I'm struggling. I want to scream. I want to slam doors. I, and I, I ultimately don't want to be doing those things. So I'm going to just kind of like imagine my body like kind of deflating end up kind of like this. And I just nod like this, like this is the best I can do. This is the most respectful I can be. I'm sorry if it comes off condescending or patronizing. I'm just doing the best I can. Right. I couldn't take space because my kids want to knock down every door and follow me and chase me. So I'm just going to nod and I'm going to weather this. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I'm going to circle back later and connect about what happened. Not in a grill back, but in a circle back. We were struggling earlier. Yeah. You really didn't want to do X, Y, Z, or I needed you to do this. And you, it wasn't important to you right then, or you struggled to do it. What's up? What can we do next time? What were you experiencing? And then stop talking. Listen. They still don't say anything. Stop. Don't say anything. Just listen. Okay. We're creating a positive, even neutral association around process and conflict, around conflict in general. Mm -hmm. We can't always show up in the moment to teach, which doesn't always work because we're freaked out or they're freaked out. No mm -hmm. learning can happen when people are freaked out. Mm -hmm. Then we have later to process that and to say, oh, this feels hard when you have needs and I have needs. Mm -hmm. We can always get a met. We can always try again. It's okay. I'm it's sorry. not about you as a person. It's not yeah. about me as a person. No one was right. No one was wrong. And I'm sorry for what happened. Right? Start apologizing for what happened. I feel like it's the most like neutral apology. Not for what I did or what I said. I'm sorry what for what you weren't happened. doing enough of. Right? There's no shame or blame. No. No, that's all patriarchal white supremacist bullshit. bullshit. Um, someone says, what would you recommend if your child is saying violent things? Like, for example, I want to cut your face. Oh, yeah. We totally get that. We've been working with a lot of coaching clients re recently about those harsh words, those angry outbursts. Cuts. Like a knife. Oh, boy. Yes. I'm sorry that's happening. Yeah. It's so triggering. It's so upsetting. It's so worrisome. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to take that personally mm -hmm. or to worry about them or like, are they really going to be cutting people's faces? Like, that mm -hmm. is very extreme. We have to keep remembering we have to look beneath our kids' words. we got to be translators, right? Just like when they were two years old and said, Baba Wawa. I was just <laughs> going to say that. We knew what they meant. They meant uh, they want that water bottle, right? That now when they say, I want to cut your face, what they're meaning is, is I'm so uncomfortable right now in my body and I'm taking it out on my caregiver who I know loves me unconditionally and who's going to help me feel better. Yeah. That's but they're saying asks us to be that unconditional caregiver. Right. The one who says, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, I will always love you unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try my utmost to show that to you in those hard moments. I'm going to, I'm going to try to be neutral. I'm going to try mm -hmm. to say, you want to cut my face? I mean, you're frustrated because we couldn't have that cookie. You, you didn't like that. You didn't like that. We had to leave the park. <clears throat> I get that. And we're validating that impulse and we're giving them the words and the awareness. Yeah. They're just feeling uncomfortable. So whatever comes out, comes out. Mm -hmm. They can't even control. They weren't even pointedly saying, what words do I want to choose on mom right now? Oh, I want to cut her face. That is a dysregulated expression. Guess of emotion, what? That right? can become a more discerning uh, mm -hmm. choice. The, the more, more we react to it. Mm -hmm. So if we say you cannot use yeah. those words or Oh, that hurts my feelings. Oh my gosh. Then, Why would you say that? Then what they're learning is the words. What not what they're learning is the feelings that stimulated the and words, the needs. right? The needs. Yeah. So we have to keep saying 
do we want to focus on behaviors and impact, right? Or do we want to focus on needs, the root cause of all that stuff? That's getting to the heart of the issue. And not to say that we have to leave the impact and behavior behind. And I think this is something that people bring up often mm. in our Instagram. They get ramped up. Right? So we, we posted something recently that said something like, kids should never have to change their attitude, words, or tone, tone for us ever. They should never have to do that. And how often are you thinking or saying, what is this tone? This attitude is not okay. Those words choose no, different choose words. other yeah. ones, right? <laughs> and so this post was stimulating a lot of conversation from people saying, what? Kids need to learn their impact. They need to know that words can hurt, that an attitude and tone can be offensive to someone, especially their mom, especially me, who does so much for them, right? We're taking things a little bit personally in that moment and not being not able to separate and say, as their attachment figure, it is the, of utmost importance for me to separate that mm -hmm. so that they don't have shame about who they are it, and what they need. It would be like saying as an attachment figure, every time I go to feed them, I have to tell them how much it hurts my boob. Every mm -hmm. time I go to feed them, I have to tell them how much it costs our family to pay for those groceries. No, you just fucking give them what they need mm -hmm. and they will learn the impact of all of those things later. Yeah. But why would we create an external awareness before there's an internal awareness there? It is so just backwards and it's so <laughs> pervasive in our culture and we yeah. can talk about this all night someone says i figured out with some help that my quote-unquote hitter was sensory seeking that was a super helpful light bulb moment for me not sure if that applies to the situation yes oh my gosh oh my gosh we talk about sensory seeking hitters <clears throat> yellers um demolishers yeah Someone says, I'm a preschool teacher, definitely needing to focus on self-care. Absolutely. Yeah. You're doing the work. Mm -hmm. Someone says, I find lots of parents using the, the word naughty. What is a better word to use? I just think of like Austin Powers when you say You're naughty. so naughty. You're so naughty. <laughs> I don't know why. I know, it's I don't not a buzzword word. for me or it's like, it's naughty sounds like sexual to me. I don't mm -hmm. know why. Maybe it's like American I don't think culture it like a kid thing. compared to Australian or British culture. So, and we like intersect with, with those folks a lot, but I think naughty again is focusing on behavior. Naughty is focusing on a judgment of what someone is doing. Mm -hmm. And again, there's no awareness or acknowledgement or interest really in why they're doing what they're doing in the struggle, the right? human struggle, the human element of it. And that's where the answers lie is mm -hmm. the why behind a behavior. Mm -hmm. And so instead of saying they're behaving naughtily or they're naughty, right? Naughtily. I don't know. <laughs> they're naughty, a naughty child, which is like, so people say so they're perfect. a bad kid or they're a misbehavior or they're rude right? or right. they're a terrible too. But I, I guess naughty, I've heard in Christmas lore, like naughty kids, naughty or nice. Santa, naughty yeah. or nice. But I think that again, it's, it's saying we're treating these people like robots. These are humans who have needs and they're expressing them in ways that don't, uh, they're not the most adaptive. They're not um, meeting our expectations, but they're representing a need. And so what's that need? If we can help figure out that need, then yeah. maybe they can. So what, express what, what are some examples of naughty, right? Saying something rude, um, taking something that doesn't belong to them, um, quote unquote, misbehaving, pushing make, a boundary, making bad choices, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. um, and we like to say that there are no bad choices. They're just choices. And kids learn by making choices, right? Mm -hmm. Not by only making good choices. We're and being told what good choices are. Yeah, we they don't learn the impact. We don't focus on the good or bad. We just say, oh, this thing happened. 
you decided to do this, then what happened? Okay, that thing broke or, oh, um, you, you took it away and then I, I couldn't use it when I needed it. Or um, you hit her and then how did she seem? She seemed kind of upset about that. I mean, I think okay. the problem with, and we could talk labels this entire time, is when we label our children as good, bad, naughty, nice, helpful, right, selfish, wrong, right, wrong, victim aggressor, they internalize that. So we think of it as like a ping of an educational opportunity. I'm going to teach say, them because they don't want to be that, right? They don't know they don't want to be that. No. The more we tell them that, the more they start to believe it. If we say you're a good kid and you're learning, then they believe I'm a good kid and I'm learning. Mm -hmm. If we say you, you're we're really working at this and you're working through it and you make all sorts of decisions and we're going to be through this together, that's what they're believing. Yeah. But conventional parenting tells us to say you did this so you're bad. This, so that, mm -hmm. right? If then, and then they say, oh my God, I'm going to have urges and make mistakes my whole life. So I'm, I'm just a bad kid. Maybe that's just, that's how I roll. Yeah. That's how we right? kind of end up um, creating anxiety and insecurity in, in, in our kids. That's how we ended up, all of us having anxiety and insecurity as human mm -hmm. beings. Someone says it's the inner voice we're building, right? Can you give recovery examples after we blow up and need to reconnect? Yeah, that's yeah. the circle back that we were talking about. It could sound like a million things. It could be, so sometimes we blow up and need to reconnect. <laughs> sometimes our kid blows up and we just weathered it and we got through it or our kid blows up and we didn't weather it. We added to it. We added some stormy elements, right? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it made it harder mm -hmm. and that's okay too. And those are moments that we try to choose to teach outside the heat of the moment, right? To show like all, in the heat of the moment, all we have to do really is be calm ourselves mm -hmm. and help calm our kids. And if anything else is accomplished, great, but no stress about that. Mm -hmm. And that's what the power of the circle back is saying, we can accomplish so much outside the heat of the moment. Well, let's say we freaked out though. And we were trying to accomplish more in the heat of the moment than we could, or that our could our kid could, right? Mm -hmm. Then that's really difficult and tricky. Someone writes, I've been consistently choosing positive paths, but when I do lose it, my son tells me I scare him and I can't, and I circle back. We reconnect and I apologize, but I fear the reconnect will lose its meaning over time, right? I don't think it will. No. Yeah. Does this need to be turned on to be recording, Cal? No, I think it's good. It's good. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I don't think that it's losing its impact. I think that if you're saying like the doing the traditional grill back or the, the apology, like I'll never do it again, then oh, things like that, then maybe, I know I yelled and I, I would just ne will never yell again. Then maybe you feel like you're breaking a promise because it yeah. does happen. So they're, you're, they're losing trust in what you're saying. But I think that, but if we explode yeah. at our kids and then we use a circle back as an opportunity to be transparent and honest, not too honest, not right. here are all the stressors in my entire life that you need to know about that are above your kind of pay grade right now. But saying I was struggling to support you. I got really frustrated. I ended up yelling and I'm sorry. I'm working on it, mm -hmm. right? I'm working on my self-regulation. I'm trying to get my needs met. Can I tell you a few things that I'm trying to do? I'm trying to take deep breaths. So you might notice, you might notice me being like taking deep breaths right now. This could be with a two-year-old. This could be with a 15-year-old. It doesn't matter. Right? I'm trying to take deep breaths when I'm feeling frustrated. Sometimes you might notice this, that I try to step out of the room and say, I'm struggling a little bit. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try to do that. And sometimes I yell because I just, my brain is like, it feels like it's exploding it's and I'm not, I'm not quite sure what to say or do. And it just comes out of me. Does that ever happen to you? 
I feel like it happens to everyone. And so we're and not I'm sorry. Saying, we're not saying these things to justify what we did. We're saying these things to help process for our child and for ourselves yeah. what happened, right? We're not condoning what we did. We're not saying, well, this is just how I act. I'm human, right? Mm -hmm. This is saying I'm taking responsibility for what happened. I'm showing you what a true repair conversation looks like. Mm -hmm. But when you're an angsty 15 year old and you take your shit out about math class or this girl or whatever out on me, you can come back and circle back. We've done this so many times. And that's why the more circle backs we do, the better. You're not um, drying them out. You're not, um, you know, making them seem irrelevant. You're actually building a neural circuitry yeah. and a rhythm around connection after conflict. Yeah. I think it's like we've all been so programmed to think conflict is bad. It feels like shit. So it has to be bad. So why would we bring anything up later? Why would I ever say, remember that thing that felt like total shit? Let's talk about that right now, unless I'm going to try to control you and the outcome for next time. Mm -hmm. And I think we're, we're rewriting that whole um, story of what a circle back <clears throat> can be, which is everything is figure outable. We are both vulnerable people on this journey. I am so sorry that I said that. I know you were trying your best. In my mind, I might be thinking, and that was really hard to experience. But I'm going to say, I know you were trying your best. And next time, what could we do? And we leave it open. What could we do? This is not a lecture. This is an open-ended conversation trying to engage our kids so they're using their brains and they're not scared of us and they're not scared of conflict and they're not scared of post-conflict talks, right? This is going to help them with their friendships. It's going to help them with their work and their school. It's going to help them with their relationships, romantic or friendship. Whether or not they repair and connect with another person, they're going to be connecting with themselves. Mm -hmm. They're learning that skill for themselves. What after they have a blow up or an issue, they're going to say, how'd that go? What happened? What was I needing? What was going on? This can be a single situation or this can be an interpersonal repair situation. It's yeah. all building those skills and awareness. Yeah. So someone says, do you have links anywhere to the studies you've reference my partner would like quote unquote proof that this type of approach to parenting actually works. Mm. I am more intuitive and feeling oriented. So the controlling doesn't feel right to me, but he wants proof of kids who quote unquote turned out well. Sure. There's so much research out there. We have a, um, a resources page on upbringing.co of books and podcasts and all sorts of stuff. But I would say just off the top of my head, the research that's there that they talk about. So they're, mm -hmm. they're showing and promoting this research because that's what is based in child development and, and psychology that, that helps kids adapt better and move into the world better, that has better mental health outcomes, social outcomes, all of those things. But I would say the good news about bad behavior by Katherine Reynolds Lewis is a great book that really compares approaches. They do MRI studies that show that yelling is experienced in the brain the same as spanking is with kids, where it's, it's, it's hitting an area of their brain that doesn't help them. And so it compares all these parenting approaches and it's really great. Um, I think that, I mean, the Daniel Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson and the whole brain child and, um, uh, no show, drama, discipline. no drama, discipline. Showing up, the um, yes brain, yes brain. Thank you. Are are great books based in science and research. They wouldn't be promoting these things because they believe in it. They believe in it because science. Mm -hmm. So that's another great um, set of people. And then Laura Markham has, um, I think it's ahaparenting.com. And if you type in like, even if you Google and says, say like something like research behind spanking or research behind shame or things like that. 
or even in her thing, AHA Parenting, she'll have an article that says, what's the research behind these types of things? And I think sometimes going at what they're, what we all have been conditioned to believe is normal um, helps folks realize, oh, wow, okay, so here's the actual impact on kids' development, on their self-concept, on relationship, on outcomes as adults. Mm -hmm. um, it's all there. The research is out there. Yeah, but it's hard. I feel like um, we've had those moments with our own partners and a lot of coaching yeah. folks we've worked with where it comes down to a conversation ultimately of trust. And and often with the parent that's putting in truly more effort. I'm reading the studies. I'm following the accounts that have an opinion. So where are you hearing yours from? Was it from your mom and dad? Okay. Do you have any other resources that say that? That shaming is good, that spanking is good, that yelling is good, that controlling is good. Mm -hmm. Show me what your research is, right? Instead yeah. of requiring me to, to show you it to you. Maybe we can both bring some stuff to the table and have a meeting. And we have a caregiver clashes episode yeah. on our podcast and here on Instagram. And it could be a helpful conversation you know. to have in yeah. therapy. Yeah. We high five about Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Someone says... My four-year-old likes to blame his one-year-old sister when they make a mess. What now? Mm. Oh, uh, that is so amazing. Four-year-old, he's like, oh my gosh, I can say that it wasn't me, that mom doesn't know everything. Theory of mind, right? That when she's not here, not here, she's gone and disappeared. So she when she doesn't know. know, she's, oh my gosh. Like that's, that is a developmental milestone. You should high five your four-year-old yeah. for that. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, we talk about a lot of those things in our sibling conflict guide, mm -hmm. which is available in our shop. We also have a new this week sibling yeah. mantras and phrases guide for those sibling conflict moments. I think this would be one of those moments that we kind of, say what we hear but in a way that we want it to come out a little bit like you think that she made the mess okay okay that, so that's interesting your opinion. okay so what else and and i think that i think often a child will go to blame because they don't want to clean up or they or maybe they've um, been they're experimenting or, or maybe they've been conditioned that somebody's to blame and somebody didn't do it and mm -hmm. i think that that's the opportunity where you have to say we're all in this together. It doesn't matter if Soa did it or another person yeah. did it. We all clean up oh together. It's a family. family. My son who's four will all be like, okay, let's clean up the thing. And he goes, I didn't do that. Even if he did, sometimes he'll say that he didn't do it. You made that mess. And I'm like, it's the dishes. <laughs> you <laughs> you ate all these dishes. That's dinner. what I want to say. Um, and, and I'm like, you're right. We were all part of this. We had so much fun. Let's lean into the fact that Messes come from engagement, interesting stuff, fun stuff, connective stuff. We don't want a negative association around cleaning up because we don't want a negative association around anything that we want our kids to build skills, oh, value. This is a mess. And how is about, this is a mess. Now invest your time in, in working it out this and fixing sucks. it. Right. So put some effort in here. Fix it. Right. Right. Lean um, in hard to the right. shit show. So right. I would just say, you think she made this mess? That's interesting. Does she know how to use scissors yet? So I might like lightly bust him a little bit, but in a playful way. And then be like, interesting. Okay, how about you? And I would just dive in right away to the resist. What can we do? What can we do? How can we innovate around this? Do you want to hold the bin and I'll throw the things in? Do you want to grab the scissors and I'll pick up all the clippings? We got to head to grandma's to go do that gingerbread house. How are we going to get this cleaned up before? You know, we all pitch in. And that's the opportunity for us to create that family culture, right? Yeah. Someone says, y'all remind me constantly the value of age-appropriate transparency and how our kids are most times really receptive to that. Mm -hmm. 
age appropriate transparency. Someone yeah. says, when you can ask, quote unquote, can I tell you? What if they say no all the time? Mm -hmm. Oh, can I tell you why? Someone says, thank you, helps a lot, <laughs> boss mom. Um, connection after conflict. I love um, that and have been practicing that a lot. Mm, great. We have um, a request to be, to, to have I how know. much time we have left. We'll see. Is there anything else? Did they leave Let's a see. message? Someone says, I do see him expressing his feelings more with me in the last few weeks. So I do think this is working, but it's easy to get paranoid. I'm doing something wrong. Thank you for the help. Of course. Yeah. Someone says, my 10 year old doesn't follow rules. He goes on YouTube during virtual school time and doesn't do homework. He says, schoolwork is boring. I give him alternative methods to do work as a reward. Go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, to go on YouTube still didn't work and really got angry. Lots of mean things were said. This is helping a lot. I'm so sorry. That's happening. Um, mm -hmm. Kids are going to say mean things are expressions of stress. That's okay. Doing school in this way yeah. is really hard. And we're trying to encourage everyone to contact our kids, teachers and say, what is the minimum they can do right now? How can we make this work for my against student? our grind cultural influence to say, wait a second, I'm a type A, I'm an overachiever, and I'm going to ask what the minimum amount my kid can do right yeah. now? That's a lot. It's mm -hmm. hard. So what we're doing, though, is saying, my kid is experiencing stress. I'm getting some resistance. I want to make school feel good. I want them to be engaged. I want them mm -hmm. to be learning on their terms. What can we do? <laughs> I can want they, my kid to have a positive association around math learning, education, teachers. I, I know you do too, right? right, teachers? So what can we do? Can they come on like three times a week? Can they do just morning meeting? Can they? Can, can I talk to my kid about what parts of the school he's not into and let him leave those behind, right? Which areas? And I think that's the conversation we have in a resist approach is saying, let's talk to them. Let's engage with a 10-year-old mm -hmm. instead of just going with the rules. You can this, you can't this, you must this, don't do this. Mm -hmm. Say, where are you struggling? What's going on? I want you to love learning. I want you to love your school. Mm -hmm. I need you to be engaged in something mm -hmm. because I'm working yeah. or whatever. So what can we do? A 10 year old can collaborate, get to the table. Yeah. Say, like what's, a peer. The, what's the schedule? What's working? What's not? I'm side by side with what you. What part is feeling particularly hard or boring or whatever? Right. Um, Maggie, when you said, can I tell you? And they say no all right. the time. And they're saying they're not ready to they're, hear what I want to hear. Say. So I would say it less directly, yeah. whatever it is. Can I tell you this? I'm going to say it in a story. I'm going to say it while I'm chopping vegetables. I'm going to say it while I'm driving. I was just thinking about this thing. I'm going to say I'm stretching next to them. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to get outside. I was just thinking about oh. this thing. And like, right. I'm not putting pressure on them to listen or to respond. That's a sensitive child thing to say. No, for sure. I don't want to hear that. Someone, much. someone else has a sensitive child thing. Let's see. Um, what's your kid learning on YouTube also? What are they doing yeah, on YouTube? YouTube? I think getting interested in what they're actually interested in is going to help you figure out how to help them best. Yeah. If they have like some amazing musician they're listening to where they're just like, this is filling something for me. Great. That's learning. Let's find out what that is. Let's it's not in formal that. education, but it's learning, which is even more important ultimately. Yeah. Someone says, I have a highly sensitive, big emotion, six-year-old. But I'm struggling with discipline. She keeps acting out and doing things. And when I ask her about her behavior, she says she forgets. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's just in the moment getting her needs met, right? She's a kid who just is doing what she needs to do. And I think that asking about a kid's behavior is putting a lot of pressure on a kid, especially the way we ask is often, why did you <clears throat> do that? It's feeling, it's inherently Can you shameful. Can me in on what happened earlier? Why? Why'd you do that? You know Explain that this and yourself. that. 
it's, it's pressure field filled. It's shame filled. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's so natural that we would approach it in that way. And I think that what we try to talk about is thinking about behaviors like waves on the water. They're distracting. They're in our face. They're the things that we tend to focus on. And if we could just put our needs goggles on and go below the water and say, what's going on underneath? What are the currents that are creating this, these waves, this behavior? What's happening here? What's going on? What is acting out coming from? What is driving this behavior is our like our chief question as parents, what's driving this? Let's put our investigator hats on yeah. or capes or whatever and say, what's going on? When is this happening? When is my six-year-old really struggling and resisting mm -hmm. and having a hard time? Yeah. That's going to tell me how I can support them best, yeah. what, where I can access a conversation point, right? Or where maybe they're too sensitive to have a conversation mm -hmm. about what they're dealing with. And I just need to work behind the scenes to support them better in that moment. Yeah. Right. What are these acting out things? I would love to hear about what some mm -hmm. of them are. We, we're coming out with a challenging behaviors guide really soon to kind of be dealing with those things. But we work our resist approach, which you can yeah. download for free on our website, which is a loose six step model to engaging respectfully through conflict with our kids using powers beyond control to connect human to human mm -hmm. about something that's that's going on when our kids act out, when they're be misbehaving, when they're struggling mm -hmm. to express their needs when they're needing help, when they're needing scaffolding and skill building with us, when they're asking us to level up, to connect, to self-regulate so we can co-regulate, so we can build skills alongside them, right? We can't just be like, be patient, be patient, be patient. Wait, we're not patient. I can't yet. So we need to be <laughs> practicing our patience and helping our kids cultivating that at the same time. Six-year-old, I love that, Kel. Six-year-old acting out is like a baby crying. Yeah, always put those two things together. Mm -hmm. Right. They're saying, I need help. I'm needing your attachment. I'm needing our connection to calm, to connect, to understand, to regulate my nervous system. Mm -hmm. My nervous system is not doing well right now. I need to be hitting things, kicking things, jumping, moving, mm -hmm. eating, sleeping, hugging, laughing, right? Crying. That's what a mm -hmm. nervous system is needing in those moments of acting out. And our culture tells us we need to focus on that behavior and see it as we negative. Shut it down is what right. our culture tells yeah. us. Yeah. But no, we've got to look underneath that. That's where the source of, of all the, the hurt and yeah. the struggle is and where the magic and the key is to moving forward and building and I, those skills. I love that you're connecting with your daughter and asking what's going yeah. on with you. And she says, I forget, I forget. And that's she's okay. sensitive. She's sensitive. She's feeling pressure about it. Mm -hmm. So in those moments I would say, I've noticed that you're struggling around this thing. If you want to talk about it, let me know. Or I'll be over here if you want to connect about it. Or I had some ideas. Here are a couple ideas. Mm -hmm. Check in with me if you want to, if you like one of those. Or even I was thinking tonight, maybe we'd try something different. And we're not mm -hmm. even talking about what happened last night. Mm -hmm. That's too much for a sensitive kid sometimes. Yeah. Right? Some kids, you got to drill direct. it down and be really direct. And other mm -hmm. kids, it's like literally throwing bombs. Mm -hmm. Right? It's too much. Yeah. So she's telling you, you're listening to her. That's so great. Yeah, I love that. Someone else says, what's a good age to expect a child to chip in with the helping? Mm -hmm. Two-year-old always says no. So I clean up <laughs> her toys in front of her, then to model it. Thoughts? Oh, I love that. I love um, two-year-old. I love two-year-old so much. I think that the feminist in us is like, you will clean that up, especially if you're a man. Oh, I don't care if you're two years old. I'm already cleaning up after my <laughs> partner often. Oh, I will not clean up after, I will not teach a, a woman to clean up after other people by doing it myself. <clears throat> mm -hmm. 
but I'm going to make you do it. That's like so. Or I'm so overwhelmed with all the cleaning myself. Mm -hmm. Can you please clean up two-year-old? Like, we're, like, leaning on everybody, including, like, the little kids, the kindred. I had a really hard moment the other day. I overheard my daughter, who's six, tell my son, who's four, if you can't pick this up, I'm going to put it in the trash. And that's because I've actually said that before. And in my highest moment of struggling, <laughs> if you can't pick these pieces of paper up and all the, uh, the cuttings that you guys did, I'm going to put them in the trash. I'm sorry. Because I was feeling so overwhelmed in the moment. And I get that. And I love that you're thinking about modeling for your two-year-old, which is great. That's what we would yeah. recommend. Mm -hmm. Because anything, like we said earlier, that we want to build a positive association around. And intrinsic motivation Hygiene. to do. Like brushing teeth, bathing, stuff like that. Um, good nutrition. Manners. Like eating your vegetables. Manners. Um, what else? Uh, good sleep <clears throat> routines, rituals. Um, <coughs> yeah, stuff. Food stuff, yeah. a, lot, a lot of those things. Any, oh, cleaning up all the chores, all the stuff, anything we want to build a positive association around, um, we have to be doing ourselves. Like anything we want them to be like, I want to chip in. I want to help. I want to do this. We can't control about because it kills the, the, the spirit mm -hmm. of the thing. It kills it, right? Because naturally they have a, a beautiful human mm -hmm. resistance to control mm -hmm. right so we want to be building uh, a beautiful association around all those things we're going to be cleaning longer and meanwhile we're not just it, it doesn't have to be either or it's not like we force them to do these things or we do it all ourselves mm -hmm. there's like this huge it middle way of so saying that, oh. that's what, what's hard is <clears throat> i think we became parents and we were like at a certain age oh, they're going to clean up their own shit this is going to be amazing mm -hmm. i've seen them pick up toys they can physically do it sometimes they do so we think our words are enough so once you're finished, you got to clean up or clean up now before dinner. And that should be enough. Mm -hmm. And no one tells us with a child uh, development, a child psychology, that we need to be scaffolding that building, that all those skills that, that pulling apart things as a kid makes a lot of sense, but actually putting them back together mm -hmm. can be incredibly awkward and strange and confusing, right? Mm -hmm. The being told what to do when everything's messy is very difficult for a child to organize in their brain, mm -hmm. right? And so we're teaching them these things. We don't force them to speak sooner. We don't force them to read sooner. Mm -hmm. Why would we force them to clean up sooner? Because it's a pain in the right. bite. I know someone's <laughs> working up all day. I say that too. Will tells his younger cousin the same straight in the bin. Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. that oftentimes when I'm starting to feel like tense and awkward, and like, like I'm, I'm really, about to throw all the toys And this away. is what happens when I'm with my kids for an entire day. I start like losing it after six or seven hours where I'm just like, I'm an, a sensitive person. So seeing all of the clutter, seeing mm -hmm. the mess, seeing the disorganization, mm -hmm. it starts to affect me um, is when I have to start realizing, okay, this is not on them. I do not have to put pressure on a two-year-old, four-year-old, six-year-old to meet my needs. I have created this because I've provided the toys. I've provided the organizational system. Mm -hmm. I've provided the timing and the, the routine and the limits around cleanup, the limiting away, the, right? The, the association with it all, mm -hmm. like the, the power is with me, not mm -hmm. in exerting power on them. Right. So what am I going to do to up my game with this? Mm -hmm. Am I going to do fewer toys? Am I going to just organize all of them and, and pare down? Am I going to too much to clean up? Am I going to use my presence to, as I see them wrapping up an activity, be jumping in there and be like, so what are you going to do about this before we move on to the next thing? Because oh. often I'm like, mm -hmm. I can miss the window. Mm -hmm. They moved on. And now they're like, I don't care about that thing. You have to go <clears> clean that up. You're interrupting my, my flow in this next thing. <laughs> I'm over here with the puzzle now, bitch. Right. 
so, so hard. We have to find that that fine tuning, that that conversation with them to continue to create those moments. Mm -hmm. It's same with a partner. It's all it's all connected. They didn't learn it either. No, they didn't. Someone says, "How can you connect with a two and a half year old that screams and is still learning to talk?" I notice his behavior and try connecting. Then ask what um, what does he need, but he doesn't know. Mm. Yeah. How do I and there? Um, how do I handle this? Yeah. Oh, those. That's a hard time. A pre-verbal kid is mm -hmm. is a tricky situation where we have to just really slip into that neutral, empathetic mm -hmm. uh, mind frame where we can. I mean, a two-year-old saying uh, 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 like that's one thing to say, okay, what are you wanting? And you can invest this time. And so this or this, you but can if show them, but if they're saying ah, and screaming, they're clearly so pushed beyond that. They're not needing to even know or get the answer or fix it or do whatever. Mm -hmm. They're screaming like a baby and needing us to co-regulate them. So that depends mm -hmm. on our two and a half year old. Are they needing proximity? Are they needing touch? Are they needing a voice? Are they just needing a loving, calm face, a voice? Are they just, they need us. They really do need us, but they don't always need us to solve the problem or fix the thing. They just need us to show them that it's okay to feel those things and that they're safe, right? They're secure. We're hearing them. So they're safe, seen, soothed. That's what uh, Tina Payne Bryson um, and Dan Siegel talk about. They're safe. So no one's hurting anybody. No one's getting hurt. They're seen. I'm, I'm here. I'm present. Right. And they're soothed with my voice, with my, my proximity. Right. <laughs> and ultimately that means they're secure. And so they can get through any feeling they have, whether they have the words or not, whether they get yeah. that cookie or that ultimate thing done, you're there. Right. Isn't that the most that any of us can ask for right now though? Like all mm -hmm. those S's. Yeah. To me, as you were saying them, I was like, God, that sounds great. Yeah. If I could be safe, seen, secure, and mm -hmm. soothed in the moment, that would feel pretty awesome. <sighs> yeah. We can do that for each other though in these moments too. Yeah. Thank you all for being here. You being here is making me feel more safe, seen, soothed, secure, all the things. Hi, Hi Mom. Yeses. Thanks <laughs> for being here. <sighs> it's been a long week. It's been a yeah. long year, everyone. And we're grateful for you being here. Failing forward the way we are practicing these powers beyond control when we can. A lot of people mm -hmm. struggle and say, I feel like I yelled or I slammed the door or I shamed my kid or I've done it for months, weeks, years, whatever it is. And I feel like those are steps back. And we say, this is not a staircase. This is, mm -hmm. this is a river. This is all flowing in the same direction. You can't take steps back. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're working it, if you're practicing it, you're moving in the right direction. And that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And to just keep giving yourself grace and validating yourself and others for your effort and for your bravery when you're able. We're all in this together. We're all growing up together. Yeah. We're here for you. We've got lots of guides and, mm. and print uh, beautification efforts in oh, our shop. So check it out. Support upbringing. We can yeah. use your support. Um, and we'd love, we'd love seeing stuff up in your homes. Like we're like visual design oriented <laughs> people. So when you send us photos, we're like, Oh, so excited. Yeah. So thank you for that. And also Hannah also was wanted to mention our membership oh, yeah. um, community, which mm -hmm. we're going to be doing in the new year, which is basically this, but smaller and more intimate. Mm -hmm. So it could be um, just a few dollars a month. Uh, we're going to figure out what the, those things are. But if you're interested in learning more, go to upbringing.co forward slash join. And we'll send you a little newsletter thing being like, do you actually want to join? Here's what it's actually about. 
Um, what sounds good to you? What do you yeah, want to do? What's the deal? Thanks everybody for your heart. Yeah, and thank you for these ups, these notes. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for answering my questions. I have to write for tonight. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. You guys are amazing. Thank you. I just started this and I've already felt the difference with my boys. That's so great. Yes. Thank you. Please. We're here. Thank yeah. you for all being here. It means a lot. Uh, we're we're going to take this next week off, uh, but we'll be back before the new year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll know where we stand. You'll know what yeah. we're up to. Um, so Talk thank to you, you all. We'll see you soon.